The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today is Sandra Champlain, the host of the podcast We Don't Die, and the author of her book with the same name. Sandra's own fear of dying led her on a 15-year journey to find proof that life after death is real. And after the death of her father, she created How to Survive Grief, a free audio that was quickly heard by thousands worldwide. Armed with this powerful information that has uh, reduced pain and saved lives, she wrote the international bestseller, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Sandra continues her search for afterlife evidence on her podcast, We Don't Die, and shares over 340 hours of conversations and inspiration to thousands of listeners worldwide. Sandra, welcome to NDE Radio. Oh, thank you, Lee. It's so happy to talk to you today. It's really wonderful to have you, and and, uh, I think probably your site must be very popular right now with all of the catastrophic, uh, you know, results of the pandemic we're going through. It is. So I'm grateful I can lend a hand and give some support. And even without the actual physical deaths of people, this pandemic is causing a lot of grief with uncertainty. It it sure is. Now, you had what seemed to me to be an unnatural fear of dying. And for 15 or 20 years, you were investigating religions and... uh, trying to find out uh, what happens when we die. What, uh, why do you suppose you were so concerned with that question? Well, it's interesting. Looking back from this point of view of being where I am now, I see it was the perfect place to be for where I am now. But back in those days, I speculate I had seen a lot of death when I was young, when I worked in nursing homes and got close to some of the residents, and then they die. And my grandfather had passed when I was 14. And It's possible, this is just speculating, that, you know, I was very, very busy working and living life, but when the mind was quiet, I'd never found any sort of spirituality, even though we, as a family, had gone to Catholic Mass every Sunday. I didn't necessarily buy into it all, and there's just moments when you look up at the stars or... The brain got quiet, and I just started asking those questions. What What is it all about? And for whatever reason, it just represented itself in my mind as a fear of dying, not being okay with the unknown. Mm. And it was, a, it was a real, real fear that every time my mind wasn't busy on work or something I had to do, that question would just come up, and I'd have these anxiety attacks over it. Well, you carried it to the point where you went to a psychic, Doreen Virtue, and took a weekend course with her. Tell us uh, what you learned there. Interesting, because I call myself a skeptic. I used to really badmouth people that would talk any of this afterlife talk or new age and things like that. But the fear was so strong that I very secretly flew to California, spent money I didn't have taking this weekend course. And the promise was... 
if you're in this course, you're someone who has mediumship abilities. And of course, you know, if there was a real thing as mediumship, certainly God wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> and one of the first things when the small group got together is she explained that the hereafter is very similar to what we have now. Um, and people are still people. We're not balls of energy. We and you must be polite within medium readings. And so she gave us an exercise to do that was very clearly we weren't to be mediums, but she just wanted to exercise our imaginations how mediumship readings were done. So she asked everyone to pick a partner and one person agreed to go first. And she says, just close your eyes. And she walked us through it a bit. And she says, imagine there's someone standing behind your partner. And tell the story, who they are, if you're hearing a name, what they did for a living. First, you have to introduce yourself. We always have to have our manners. And anything, any details that they might give you. So I'm not afraid to create. So I very boldly told my partner with my eyes closed that I saw a man behind her, that it was her grandfather on her mom's side. I got the name Jan, you know, I invented that, that he was a fisherman in Denmark. He had blue eyes and blonde hair and a big gap between his teeth. And in my imagination, I see him puffing away on a cigarette. And so I said he died of lung cancer. And I'm telling the story very matter-of-factly as I make it up. And that he never told his daughter, which was her mom, that he loved her and he would like her to relay the message. So very boldly, I opened my eyes, ready to say to this lady, okay, it's your turn. And there's streams of tears going down her cheeks because her grandfather's name was Jan. He was a fisherman in Denmark, fit the description, died of lung cancer. And the mom had told stories that he never said, I love you. Wow. Wow. Out of my head, that came. Well, out of, out of the, from the other side, that came. Yes. Um, now, in 2005, I guess, you went to the Omega Center and learned uh, something about electronic voice phenomena, which is uh, to hear, as I understand it, voices coming out of white noise. Is that That's is correct. that right? Yes. And at that point, I really felt I had a moral responsibility to share what I had learned about the afterlife, but I just didn't feel like I had the backbone. I had too much fear running the show saying, if I told people about the medium ship weekend they'd say who do you see around me and i would be wrong they'd mm. laugh at me and throw it all away so i was looking for some concrete evidence that i could share with people and i was very scared taking this <laughs> journey to the omega center because i didn't know what to expect thankfully it's just a small group of very like-minded wonderful people talking about the these messages that can happen and so the instructors told us a lot. They We got to listen to examples. They said it's messages of love and often humor that can come through as we retain our own personality, which is great to hear. But I just needed to hear it for myself that this was real. And on the last night of the class, there was one more day session left. I went to my cabin alone in the woods. It wasn't scary, but it was raining cats and dogs. And I held my t little small tape recorder and I said to, I imagined my aunt and uncle and grandparents at the foot of my bed. And I said, if this is real and I'm supposed to help people believe in the afterlife, I said, I sure need you guys to talk loud because <laughs> I want to <laughs> hear you. 
really believing I was talking to myself, Lee. Mm-hmm. And I only recorded for a minute. And at the very end of the recording, I said, okay, good night. And when you play the recording back just before the end, a man's voice says, good night, Sandra. Two women say, good night, good night. And then wow. you hear a man's voice saying, good night. And that gives me goosebumps to this day. <laughs> But that that led me to really start exploring electronic voice phenomena, try it with other people, gave me the courage to share my story, and we've got other messages coming through that were very, very healing. Now that you've been doing your show uh, for as, as many shows in, uh, as I've done, as a matter of fact, we've, have you, how long have you been doing it? For about five years. Okay. Or just well, over five years. I've been, I've been, I'm approaching seven years of this. Let me ask you some of the things that you might have drawn conclusions from having not only your own study, but also hearing uh, the, the opinions of other people on your own show. Where do you suppose these spirits are located that, that you're hearing the voices of? Well, the truth is I really dig the term hereafter because research has shown in science that two or many forms of energy can live in the same place at the same time. The wireless internet that surrounds us, radio waves, GPS waves, the signals, all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. They're all happening. We just can't see them to the naked eye. I believe when our energy or our energy never dies, but when our physical form goes uh, that our energy lives on. And I believe there is a frequency that we may not be able to see with our eyes that is vibrating around us. In the same invisible place, other things are happening. And so it truly is a world hereafter. I believe we are in their world as opposed to they being in our world. I think our life is, they say, but a thread in the fabric of our soul. There's a much bigger picture going on and we are part of that. So if the electronic uh, vibrations that make that um, electronic, electronic voice phenomena happen uh, are, are here on Earth, um, are, are, are the um, spiritual forms of our bodies also there? Uh, is it just that we can't see them? I would think so. It is my understanding, especially... Uh, me, myself, interviewing plenty of people who have had near-death experiences and some of the um, other pioneers that we first go to a place called um, the, something like the land of familiarity, you know, that we recognize people. We close our eyes here and we open them again and we're surrounded by our loved ones, our pets. I like to imagine we're crossing a finish line because life on earth is the hardest part, I think, of our existence. But I do think it's right here, and we do have bodies, and uh, yes, mm-hmm. bottom line, yes. <laughs> Some people have theorized that, that uh, ghosts are spirits who are sort of stuck here, that they haven't moved on, gone to heaven, or w- whatever the appropriate place is for them, and that uh, they are perhaps confused or feeling guilty that life on earth for a ghost is kind of a purgatory is uh, in effect. What, what do you think about that? I don't quite buy into that. I think, and this is just some of the different 
adventures I've been on, the different discoveries, there's things like dousing, and you can actually douse energy and, and where strong energy is positive and negative energy. I think there are places and where maybe negative things happen that maybe negativity can survive. I, I don't believe that anybody is earthbound um, or confused. I, I really think when we close our eyes here, we're met with loving, loving arms. Um, however, that being said, you know, there, I, I don't try to push my beliefs on others. I say, and I'm sure you don't as well. If there's things in these conversations that resonate with you, take them on. Yes. Use it mm. to empower your life. But I really don't think there is that. I think everybody's met with loving arms. I do think it's possible that there are people who say didn't believe in the afterlife, didn't believe in a higher power. And when their time comes, they realize it's all real. So there's been some communication that's come through some mediums that people are very happy that there's an afterlife and that they had gotten it wrong. So I think we're safe. I think we need to, what, whatever we look for, we'll find. So if we're looking for opportunities to believe in something negative, I mean, we'll certainly find that. But I think it's more empowering as a human to look for the good. What do you think about reincarnation? Well, I've got two theories. <laughs> One is I think it's possible that people who have stories of reincarnation, could it be a mediumistic ability that brings forth a loved one and we feel like it's our own life, but they come that close. They're people that are with us that have lived. And then the other theory, which I really like because I like recycling is why would we only have one shot at this life? I think there are some really traumatic things that happen, say to children that maybe just get a few months to live. And I, and, and if earth is this place that really enriches our souls because we learn so much and we experience so much, why would someone get just a short time now, I don't believe, so if there is reincarnation, I, I like the thought that there's a, a soul group that we came here with and our friends, our close family, we all are a part of it. We decided who's going to play what role while we're here on earth. And then there's some time when we all meet up together that we can discuss and then choose to come back or not. So some days... Most days I believe in it. And then there's other days that I thought, mm. but there's people like Dr. Ian Stevenson who did gave his life's research into reincarnation and even stories with children. And they're so captivating yes. that you know, it's got to be true. So I don't, I, I let, especially with my show, my listeners believe what they want to believe and either side of the coin points to there is life after death, which mm. is the most important thing. And Lee, if we're not afraid of dying, we don't need to be afraid of living. And we really can push the envelope and have a life worth living. And that's underneath everything that I do is 
helping people live a good life, believing in the afterlife, helping people through grief and really having some peace and joy and dreams fulfilled while we're here. One of the great things about uh, near-death experiences is that most people, if they've had a positive experience and you know, nine out of 10 are positive, perhaps even more than that, uh, they come back usually without any fear of death after that because they've seen the other side. They've, they've seen relatives sometimes or angels or right. even the light of, of God. And uh, they are, if anything, anxious to see it again. So uh, the fear of death has just sort of vanished for them. Um, so I guess my question would be, in that case, why would we want to reincarnate? Well, one could guess that you can't do it all in one lifetime. I mean, I, I am not the same person as I was 10 years ago. And, and, and of course, from this point, looking back, I can see all the soul growth. But back then, looking forward, I would have never wanted to go through any of these things I went through. Mm. And I think as a human, we don't remember the bigger picture. And I think, I, I don't know why I want to compare life to a roller coaster, but they can be really, it can be really scary and it all can also be very joyful and invigorating. And if we were to remember that it's just a ride, we're never really going to get hurt. And there's so much more to learn. And I know you feel the same way, that there's a real gift in being of service and how much we get back ourselves. And so maybe I try it again, you know, for that opportunity to be with other people, to love deeply, to serve, to experience new things. Mm. Maybe for that reason. You know, the, the, uh, the early Catholics, or the early Christians, I guess I should say, uh, believed in reincarnation. It was only after the church fathers decided it was worked, I think, in their interest to, to deny reincarnation so that they would have, you got one life and you had to live it the way they exactly. expected you to, that, uh, that reincarnation disappeared from the West. But, of course, it's very, very strongly held uh, in, the, in the East, in India especially. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was chaplain, I often got this question from family or even from people dying, why do we die? And you must hear it uh, often. What, what's your answer to that? Why do we die? I think it's a byproduct of being human. And that goes along with why do we suffer and all those bad things that can happen. I, I think we sign up for coming into this life and there's things to be done. There's growth for our soul. But as a byproduct, one of the, one of the things we agree to is we're not going to live forever. There's going to be some pain along the way. But I think if we were to look through the lens of a soul coming in, that at that point we knew that it's an illusion that the body dies, that we're not really going to ever die. And so we've just simply forgotten. And so when someone asks me that question or experiences loss, first of all, I listen. I never push anything on people. But if they ask, you know, I just start sharing some of my journeys. And 
and helping people through grief and trying to give them the bigger picture from what I've learned from all these great interviews and my discoveries. But I do think it's a byproduct of being human that we're not meant to be here forever. I uh, was glad to hear you say that we see our pets when we cross over. I believe the same thing myself. It would be, uh, we form such lasting bonds of love with uh, our dogs and our cats and our canaries and whatever, you know, that, that they, they definitely deserve as much of an eternal life as we do. Can I tell you a little quick story about my kitty? Of course. Millie. Sure. I adopted Millie. She's a straight cat showed up on my doorstep many years ago at a time that I hated cats. I got scratched up as a little kid. Well, this cat snuck into my house, snuck into my heart, and I had her for 12 years. And she, even when I was writing my book, she was right by my side with her head on my laptop. It was great. Well, Millie got very sick and I had to put her to sleep. And the night... The next day after I put her to sleep and I was grieving so intensely, I got word from the publisher that I had to do one last read on my book before it went to press. And any of us who have pets know that we can love them much more than we love people. And Mm. so the grief was every bit as real and as awful as one could imagine. And I had to read my book, my own book, very, very quickly. And in reading it, Lee, I was filled with comfort. I understood my emotions. And it was almost Millie's gift to me to go when she did for me to realize how powerful the words are in that book, We Don't Die, and how much they can help heal a broken heart and help people with the bigger message. The stories of near-death experiences for people who are dying or for families of people who've died are are um, powerful in that same way um let me ask you though what uh, and we, you made reference to it a little earlier but what what do you think about the dark places the distressing near-death experiences the the uh, fear of of um, hell as it were well i think our subconscious can play a lot to it the thing about near-death experiences is they are just that, they're near death. They're not the final, it's over. And I think there's still a bit of our humanity and our mind that could be connected to them. So as many people who have ever lived on the planet will have that many different stories of what life is about. So for those final breaths they breaths they take, there could be currently over 7 billion different stories of what they experience, all with, or many with some similarities. I think when that final cord that connects us to the earth, to our body is severed, I think it's in that time where the whole world of the afterlife opens up. But I don't know if it's all available while we still are connected so that our mind can come to, to play in it. Mm. What's your concept of God? You, say, you said you were raised Catholic, and that always has, I was too, and it's, uh, that always has an influence, no matter how far from the church you ultimately get. 
But what's your concept of God, and is God involved in our lives, and is God involved in our deaths? So yes to all of the above, and I believe my my thoughts from when I was a kid imagining a guy with a white beard on a throne is different (laughs) than what it is now. (laughs) Someone once said, and they were talking about different religions, the light is the same, but the lamps are different. So I like myself to envision God or, or divinity as this light, and that works for me. It helps me when I look at the sun to be a reminder that the light is always touching all, and that's a part of me and part of everything that lives and breathes and that we can see and even not see. So I think God being so much bigger than that guy on the throne is that connection that we all have to the divine part of our souls, ourselves. Uh, I think prayer is very real. I think intention is very real. I think gratitude is real. But I just, I love the thought of the light that connects us all. Mm-hmm. Even on the darkest days, that light is still there. Did they make you uh, memorize your catechism when you were Everything, child? yes. <laughs> the only question I can remember from catechism is, why did God make me? And the answer was, God made me to show his goodness and to make me happy with him in heaven. Mm. And it still that still works. It does. On, on a level. <laughs> on Absolutely. one level. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd like to talk more about reincarnation. What do you suppose happens from the point of dying to the point of reincarnating? Do you, do you draw from the NDEs that you've heard? Draw from the NDEs and then also some of the great mediums and people who have lived many years ago. I don't think there's any rush to come back. I think many, 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 many lifetimes could come back, could go by and one might not choose to. I think that we spend plenty of time in the hereafter with our loved ones And I think there's still work to be done, joyful work. I don't believe we need to sleep. We don't need to eat. We can if we want to. But it's almost like a regrouping of our soul. What have we learned? Where did we succeed? I want to say where did we fail, but we never really fail because everything's a learning situation. But what could we have done better? And I just think that there might be a time where it's like, you know what, I want to dip my toe back in that water again. There's more for me to learn. Mm. It's possible with some of these cases that we hear from children and things that there is unfinished business and maybe a soul needs to get back to comfort someone or who knows, because there really are some extraordinary stories. But I think for most of us, our who we know we ourselves to be right now, we have this mind that is not always our friend that can really say some negative things to us. I'm happy to report from everything I hear that that negative voice in our head just disappears and we are this divine soul. And I think while we're there, we'll be looking through our life from a different lens, not so judgmental and hard on ourselves like we are here and we just have to trust that that divine soul that we don't know ourselves to be yet will make the right choice, what to do, how to do it. And some, Lee, say that 
in time, and this could be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, that we actually lose our identity and we blend with the light, we blend with God. And I think our identity, our ego doesn't even want to think about such a thing. But I, I just think we need to trust who we'll be at that point to know what the next move is. Well, I agree with you there a hundred percent. I have uh, no problem with losing my ego and my individual identity in the long run. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't I'm not ready for it yet, I must say. But uh, I think after many lifetimes and uh, maybe going through different levels of heaven, because the, the traditionalists say there are seven heavens and you can go from one to the next and to the next, uh, I think I would be ready to just merge with the light if mm-hmm. the light if the light is willing to have me. Well, listen, Sandra, we are we've shot our half hour. Unfortunately, we're out of time, and this has been wonderful. Can I leave and, a guest for a gift for your listeners? Of course. My website, wedontdieradio.com, I have a mailing list, a little pop-up that says, Join Sandra's Insiders Club. And if you fill in your name and your email address, there's my How to Survive Grief audio. But also it says, read the first few chapters of Sandra's book. Well, here's the secret, everybody. It's the whole book. Wow. Yes. If I can give and make a difference, plus obviously there's... 300 plus hours of <laughs> really cool <laughs> interviews. And my well, last guest was you. So <laughs> wonderful. I know they, they get to hear my side of the story, which is very close to yours to tell you the truth. Sandra, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. You're and um, uh, I hope everyone gets on and, and reads your book and maybe feel so inspired that they'll actually buy a copy and send it to a friend. Oh, thank you, Lee. Let me remind all of you out there, you telephone chaplains that I've appointed, don't forget to keep using your phone or social media to check in on those folks who are perhaps stranded at home by themselves and might benefit from having someone to talk to. And if they'd like to learn more about NDEs, recommend our new IONS NDE Radio app to them, either uh, at the App Store or Google Play. Well, please stay home, stay well, until next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>